Well, today's gospel reading is found in the book of Acts in the third chapter. We're going to begin in the 11th verse. It's going to be on the screen. If you have your Bible with you, you can take a look at it there. If you have the Bible on your phone, you can look at it there too. It says, Well, the beggar held on to Peter and John. All the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if our own power or godliness has made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you all can see. Now, brothers, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days. And you were heirs of the prophets and the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through all your offspring, all the peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. The Gospel of the Spirit. So, we've been kind of looking through the book of Acts. This is our second series in the book of Acts where we're looking, the first part we looked at the ascension of Jesus, which is in chapters 1 and 2. How Jesus, after he was raised from the dead, ascended to heaven and then he told the church to wait for the Spirit to come. And so then this next part of Acts that we're looking at is the empowering of the Spirit. So the Spirit came to the church and what happened after that. And so today we're looking at this sermon that Peter preaches. If you remember last week, Peter saw this beggar in front of the temple when he was going there. And the beggar was asking him for money. And Peter was like, I don't got any money, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. And he prays for him. It says, in Jesus' name, get up and walk. And the guy does. And everyone's pretty astounded by that. And so this guy, this is what happens after. All these astounded people have seen this guy who they've seen crippled for years in front of the temple. Get up and walk. And so now Peter's like, hey, I've got an opportunity to talk to these guys about this. And so he preaches this sermon. Um, and you're thinking, well, I just heard that sermon. Do you really have to do one? Yes, I do. And uh, that was a joke. You can laugh. And so we're, we're going to talk about, about this, this sermon that, that Peter preaches here. Um, and, you know, it's funny because this made me think, oddly enough, of, of duct tape. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because often things have an original purpose. 
but we end up using it for something completely different than what it was originally made to be used for. Because I think of duct tape and I think of a universal fixing substance. I mean, you can use duct tape to fix everything. You can make wallets out of duct tape, or if you're lazy, people make them and sell them on the internet. So you can go buy a wallet made of duct tape. Uh, you can attach cables to the floor with duct tape, but you shouldn't because it's going to leave a residue. Uh, you can do all kinds of cool things with duct tape. But you know what's really funny if you look at a roll of duct tape or at a package of duct tape? It says not for use on ducks. You, in fact, can't use duct tape on ducts. Because it's not duct tape, quack quack, it's not that. It's originally duct tape. But now, you can't use duct tape on ducts. The original purpose this stuff was made for, you actually can't even use it for that. And that's going to that's gonna make sense here in, in a little bit. Um, but we see that God gives us opportunities to do things. Peter had an opportunity during an ordinary day at an ordinary time to do something extraordinary for this beggar. We talked about that last week. That he saw an opportunity to pray for this guy and he got up and he walked. God gives us opportunities to do things. And Peter sees that opportunity not just as an opportunity to pray for this guy, but for an opportunity to be bold and to talk to people about Jesus. Because it's interesting... And in our culture and in our time, people by and large are okay with you being a Christian as long as you don't talk about it and it's a passive faith that doesn't affect you or how you live. People are okay with a passive Christianity that, that, that is quiet. But as we see in the book of Acts, we see in the early church, it seems like the Spirit of God intends for our faith not to be silent and not to be passive, but for our faith to be something spoken, and for our faith to be something that is public. Our faith isn't intended to just be inside of the walls of the church. And so we see Peter taking an opportunity, because everyone's like, what the heck just happened here? This guy who's been unable to walk his entire life, who's been in front of the temple every day begging for money, just got up and walked. And so Peter, when he sees all these astounded people, he says, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if our own power or godliness, we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. So Peter takes the opening given to him by the Holy Spirit, and he's kind of blunt about it. You know, it's really kind of a, a bad plan because he's basically saying, hey, you guys who are astounded by what I just did because of Jesus, you're the guys who had Jesus killed. So basically, he walks up to a group of people, who, the, a large group who had been screaming, crucify him, crucify him, who were perfectly cool with the Romans killing Jesus, and he calls them murderers to their face. Calling a large group of people who have just recently had someone in your group murdered a murderer is a good way to die. <laughs> uh, so Peter's being pretty brave. He's being pretty bold here. And he's just up front with him. He said, I did this because of Jesus, the same Jesus who you had killed. 
that you disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. And then he goes on to preach the sermon, and we're going to pull a couple of pieces out. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about it, because he's, this, the context of this sermon is very tied up in a, the first century Jewish story. What they expected, what they were thinking of when they thought of a Messiah, all of this is very tied up in what Peter's talking to them about. He's telling them a first century Jewish story, but he's giving it a different ending. He's taking what, what they feel their story is, and he's saying it's not really that. Instead, what God is doing is this. And he talks about how, hey, you guys killed Jesus. He was told to you by the prophets. And so he, he ties Jesus in with this narrative. The prophets were a big deal in ancient Israel at this point because the prophets had come and, the, and God's people over and over again had ignored them. And usually it had them killed. Um, being a, a prophet in the Old Testament, you didn't need a 401k because you weren't going to live long enough to retire. The prophets would come into, the, into Israel and Israel was corrupt and they would tell them what God had to say to them. And usually it wasn't very great. And then the kings of Israel would have them killed, beheaded, you know, hung, whatever. Um, and so he ties in Jesus to all these prophets. Hey, just like, you're, just like you guys were corrupt and you killed the prophets, you just did the same thing to Jesus, the author of life. Just as you killed all the prophets, you also just killed Jesus. So he's connecting Jesus to this ancient story. He says, you killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. We are witnesses of this. So he's saying, hey, the same thing. We, we now see that Jesus is the author of life, that he was raised from the dead. And so then he uses a, a word that's used a lot in the Old Testament. And it's used in the New Testament too, but he's giving it a new meaning. He says, repent. Everyone likes to hear that, right? It makes you think of a street preacher with a bullhorn. And one of those really great sharpie signs on cardboard. Uh, repent! Tells them to repent. Repent is a word that in both Greek and Hebrew, the way we translate it, is, is, is kind of a simple translation. When you repent, you turn away from something to turn toward something else. You don't just turn away from one thing and I'm done with that. It's not just giving up something. It's, it's the act of saying, I'm not going to do this and instead I'm going to do that better thing. And so Peter says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And so he's telling, he's, he's telling them the same, the same story that the prophets had told. Just as you killed the prophets, you killed Jesus. You, you were murderers. So you need to turn away from that and turn toward what God is doing now. And he's going to go into what God is, is, is doing and in fact, he kind of points back to, to these idea of shalom and Sabbath, these big ideas in the Old Testament. He says that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. He's saying that, hey, all this stuff that you're hoping for, all this stuff that you've been dreaming for, for Israel, is happening among you, but it's different than what you think. It says that, he also goes on to talk about, about Moses. He says that Moses told you that you'd have a prophet like this from your own, your own people. Moses told you. So like, when you think about Old Testament prophets, Moses is like the big one, right? 
uh, Moses is a figure that even in popular culture, most people know who Moses is. We've got a, a movie coming out, right? Gods and Kings, Exodus, uh, which probably will not be quite like the biblical story, but that's okay. Uh, but you have maybe the, you've seen The Prince of Egypt by DreamWorks. I won't sing any of the songs to you and hurt you in that way. Uh, Moses, we know, most people know about Moses. Now, if you were a little Jewish boy in the first century and you had like the major league prophets trading cards, Moses was the one that you wanted to get. Everyone, Moses was the hero of the Jewish faith. He was the one who led the people out of, out of Israel. He was a big deal. And so that's why Peter points toward him. He says, for Moses said, the Lord your God will raise for you a prophet like me from among your own people. And then he goes on to say that you have to listen to him. You must listen to everything he tells you. So again, it's all in the context of this cycle that the Jewish people have gone through. The Jewish people would, would get off track. God would send a prophet and they would kill him. And instead, Peter's saying, it is time to turn away from that and to turn towards something else. You killed the author of life. You made the same mistake. But God has redeemed that mistake and raised him from the dead. So now you must listen to everything that he tells you. He goes on to talk about, about the old covenant, right? He says, that, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. You are people of the covenant. You're heirs of the covenant. The old covenant. That if, hey, if you do these things, if you follow my laws, then you will be my people and I will be your God. But this is where it gets into the really important stuff. The, really, the main point of what Peter's talking about. How he's changing this story to something that really still applies to us today. When he gets to the point of the covenant. The point of the old covenant, which he started with Abraham, would be that all the people on earth would be blessed by God. It wasn't about just the people of Israel. It was about all peoples being blessed blessed. So Acts 25 and 26, he said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Through your offspring, all the people on earth will be blessed. So God had a mission in the Old Testament. He had a mission that all people on earth would be blessed by God through his people. Jesus' mission is God's mission because Jesus is God, right? That makes sense. And so God's mission never changes. Through the, all the context of the Old Testament, going into the New Testament, God's mission is always the same through Scripture, to bless everyone and to be God to all the peoples of the world. That's why we got the Great Commission, to, to share the gospel with every people, every tribe, every tongue. Because God wants to be God to the peoples of the world. He cares about everyone. He loves everyone. And he wants them all to know him. And when Jesus came, he's often dealing with the same problem throughout his ministry. Israel's mission had become different 
than God's mission. Israel's mission was different. It no longer had to do with God's mission. Instead of being a blessing to the nations, Israel's mission was how could God bless them? And we fall into that same trap with our faith all the time. Where we say, instead of God, how can you use me on your mission to bless others and to do what you intend for the world? Instead, God, how can you bless me? How can you benefit me? How can you fix things that I need fixed? The Jewish people were praying for the Messiah to come, but they wanted a Messiah for them. They wanted a Messiah, a king for Israel, to throw off the Romans, to establish a nation that could be blessed again by God, like they used to have. But instead, Jesus comes and changes their perspective and does something different, because Jesus isn't just a Messiah for Israel. Jesus is a Messiah for everyone. And Peter's starting to get that. He doesn't get it all the way. And as we keep going through Acts, we're going to see how this develops and how this grows, but Jesus is a Messiah for everyone. And all of this is in the context that we first talked about in the book of Acts. That Luke is showing us the power of the Holy Spirit in the early church. He's showing us how just how Jesus did things by the Holy Spirit in, in his first gospel. But in the second part of his gospel, that the Holy Spirit is doing the same things in and through his church. So just... As Jesus' mission is for everyone. Jesus is on a mission for us to go into all peoples and to preach the gospel. We're given the power of the Spirit. The Spirit came not so that we could bless ourselves, but the Spirit came so that we could be a blessing to others. The church is a weird organization in that way. Because the church is an organization that primarily should exist for the people who are not in it. The church exists for those who are outside of it. And although we do stuff for us, and we have, we have stuff that we do, and you know, we meet together and we try to do things that are, that are lively and fun and we do all that, but primarily, if our focus becomes how can we bless ourselves, how can we make things better for us, how can I make this church service so that I'm comfortable in it, then we're, we've gotten off of the mission of Jesus, which is for everyone else. How can we bless others? How can we bless this community? The church exists for those who aren't in it. Uh, part of our creed as a church at Mars Hill is, is this. It says, we know that God is actively at work in the world, and he's putting back together all things in and through his son, Jesus. We believe that Jesus is raised from the dead, that there's a new heaven and a new earth. And someday when Jesus returns, that's going to come in its totality. But until that happens, that we're a part of making a new heaven and a new earth today by redeeming our community and our lives through the power of Jesus. We're his church, and we're his church that he sends on his mission by the power of the Holy Spirit to be a blessing to everyone we have to go back to our original purpose for the church, original purpose for Israel. God wants to be a blessing to all nations that they would know him and that they would be a part of his kingdom. Our faith is to be spoken and public 
It's to be a blessing to our community. So it's not just to be spoken in public so that we could be obnoxious, so that we could be people who, who, who condemn people, but our faith is to be spoken and public and through that to be a blessing to our communities and to others. We're to be a community that exists to bless others. Would you pray with me? God, as we look at your word and as we look at this sermon that Peter preached, that he's calling these ancient 2,000 years ago Jewish people to see that God's mission is the same as it's always been, that your gospel is, is here to be a blessing to all people. God, help us to see where we've allowed the focus to be on us where we've allowed ourselves to, to see your gifts in our lives and your blessings in our lives to be something that's primarily for us. And instead, to look at the blessings that we have and to look at the things that you do for us and to say, how can I use this to bless others? How can I use this to make my faith spoken and public and a blessing? God, we ask that you would point us away from, from a self-centered faith and instead point us toward being on your mission to be a blessing. And God, just as Peter challenged them to, to turn from this self-centered faith, God, you also challenge us to repent. Not that to, to look at all the little things that we do wrong and we screw up, because you already took care of those on the cross. And you're growing and changing us by your spirit a little bit at a time. But to begin by turning away from selfishness and pride and thinking that the universe revolves around us. And instead turning toward you, Jesus, that you are God with us. That you are a God who is willing to humble himself and become a servant, willing to die for us. You gave us the ultimate example of turning away from from comfort and, and self-centeredness. And instead, you showed us that you're the, the height of sacrificial love. And you challenge us to turn toward our lives having the same sacrificial attitude and love for others. So for each of us, God, help us to take that step of faith to turn away from and to turn toward you. And maybe for some of us today, that's to maybe take a first step of faith. To say maybe for the first time that we don't have our lives all together. We, don't, we can't fix it all on our own. That we are, we are people who are broken and need a Savior. But Jesus, you are a Savior. You are God who is with us, who is willing to die for us, who is even raised from the dead and is still alive today. And that today by believing in you and saying, Jesus, you are Lord, that we can find life today. We can turn away from trying to do it on our own. And we can repent of that and we can turn toward you, Jesus, and say, Jesus, you did it all on the cross. Today I believe in you today. And so we reflect on all these things, Jesus, as you once again invite us to your table to remember your broken body and spilled blood on the cross. As we, we take the cracker and we, and we remember that you were broken and we take the blood or the juice and remember that your blood was spilled for us. God, help us to, as, as we take these elements, to see where in our life we need to turn more toward you. In Jesus' name, amen.